Purposely podcast, amplifying the stories of people who are making a positive difference to society and the environment. People inspired by purpose. Here's your host, Mark Longbottom. A really warm welcome. The final episode of 2023. A phenomenal 165 episodes as of Monday with uh, the wonderful Joe Taylor. And looking forward to getting that episode out. Must say, also looking forward to having a, a break. I think we've done 44 episodes for the year, which is which is wonderful. So the aim is sort of one a week, getting it out to our wonderful listeners. So um, yeah, a massive thank you to all of you for listening, for believing in the podcast, for hitting follow, for leaving reviews, for all of the wonderful love that you send through emails, social media. Really appreciate it. And um yeah, looking forward to next year, absolutely. Just some reflections on the year. And I've got my wonderful producer, Jean Duval, who none of you would have heard from, but uh, <laughs> he's sitting beside me and we're going to have a little bit of a chat soon. But um, John is uh, the producer of Purposely. And um, despite the fact that uh, French is his first language and English is the second, he skillfully managed to sound, make me sound a lot better than I, than I did or have done. Looking back at the year, I do have some heroes for 2023. And the theme of the, the heroes, they have this in common. They all started their enterprise or their social enterprise. They were all founders of their charity. So they had an idea. They made it happen. They took people on a journey. And I was just going to reflect on those people. Episode 128 was Sasha Lockley. She's the founder and CEO of Money Sweet Spot. It's a social enterprise helping people escape debt. And what really stood out for me with Sasha is that she is has real clarity about the mission. And she also has lived experience. So she's experienced debt herself, and she's experienced living in a family that's been challenged by a lack of money. But yeah, money sweet spot, helping debt reconciliation, lifting people out of debt and empowering them. Phenomenal platform. It's going to have a huge impact in 2024. So it was amazing to hear her thoughts, have her guest on purposely. And we did that episode in person. So we uh, visited her offices and, you know, just that energy between between people in person, which I can't always do because a lot of my guests are uh, somewhere in the States or the UK or Australia. So Sasha Lockley, episode 128, check it out. If you take a step back, like there are some fundamental beliefs that I have. And they are that people are good and that bad things can happen to any of us and that life's unpredictable. So those bad things can really impact people's lives. And what that means is that debt goes up, you miss a few payments on bills, but you weren't a bad person. You were a good person that had a bad thing happen to you. So that's why Sweet Spot. The next one, Lawrence Marsbaum, another social entrepreneur in effect. He has not started one initiative. In fact, he started two. So he started or founded something called 10 by 10 Philanthropy, which is a fundraising movement, helping sort of next gen or millennial young people raise money, do it in a really innovative way. So after he, and that's still last to the state, and I think they've helped generate $6 million, which is phenomenal. But Lawrence has recently started Community Capital, which is using investment management to generate income for good causes. Lawrence is a phenomenal guy and always coming up with these incredible ideas. And the most phenomenal thing about Lawrence is he makes it happen. So he really takes people with him on the journey. So really worth a listen, 146. Next one, Lucas Patchett, co-founder of Orange Sky, a charity helping people who are homeless to rebuild their lives and their mental health. Lucas 
co-founder is Nick Marchesi. They've built an incredible organization dedicated to serving people living on the street. And they sort of not only help them to rebuild their lives by really in pretty practical ways, but they also give them their dignity back and help them to rebuild their mental health. You know, one of the things that really struck me with Lucas and Nick, the two founders, is they were super young when they started out on this. So they have given up the typical things of the 20-somethings to serve others. And that's a, a real reflection when I was interviewing Lucas. And that's something we touch on in the episode. Episode 169, Ren Fernando, co-founder of Relove, a social enterprise that's helping people create homes. They rescue furniture and household gifts, and they gift them to people in need. So they're good for people and good for planet. Ren is passionate beyond belief. Really good listen. Check it out if you can. But this woman is on an absolute mission, and this initiative is just going to explode, and it's going to help more and more people, and it's going to be really good for the planet. Episode 153, Mary Rose Gunn. She's pioneering a new approach to philanthropy and social impact. She set up an organization called The Four. It's helping start up innovative enterprises and charities. And she's connecting capital with motivation and driven people to make a real positive impact on people's lives. So big respect for Mary Rose Gunn. And it's really worth a listen. I mean, the people that run the portfolio charities that we support, they are the good Samaritans of life. You know, they are the people who have seen problems and they have stopped and said, you know what, I'm not going to walk on by and ignore this. I'm going to try and do something about it. And Karen Thrupp, founder of Woven Earth, a phenomenal New Zealand charity that transforms empty houses into homes for survivors of domestic violence. Karen's lived experience fuels her passion for these families. And I think, you know, what really drives it is this word dignity. So through the journey of family violence, you're stripped of your dignity and you, through abuse, you have been squashed down and you have been, you know, really severely traumatized. And often what I found is the help that's given, it's a bit of a tick box. So it's, you know, this is what we give and this will do because that's our kit set. And I say people aren't a kit set, you know, we're not all the same. We all have different needs and in respecting and honouring who each person is, we can lift people up and change their reality. A special mention also goes to Four Purpose founders, Anna Joss, Prism The Gift Trust, Bill Murphy, Purpose Capital, Rodri Davies, Wife Philanthropy Matters. Special call out to him because we've featured a number of his articles and podcasts in our regular weekly newsletter. Also, Benjamin Jane's The Trust Partnership, the wonderful James Lewis, Action for Elders, Stephanie Powell from Crayon, Angus Crowther, and Neil Farrow of Tanked. Wonderful guests of Purposely Podcasts and notable figures to watch out for in 2024. Now, we're going to reverse the episode for a minute. I'm going to hand over to my uh, wonderful production person, John Duval. But before we do that, I just want to ask John a couple of questions, and then he's going to ask me some questions. <laughs> uh, so, John, whereabouts are you from? Uh, I'm French. I've got this terrible accent that <laughs> everyone can notice, uh, I think. No, it's very sophisticated, mate. <laughs> very sophisticated. Whereabouts in France are you from? Middle. If you had to put a cross on the map, it's really... Uh, if I say the name of the town, no one's going to know. But uh, somewhere where there's 
not so much. <laughs> so John and I both live in New Zealand. And uh, how did you find yourself, you know, 12,000 miles away in the bottom end of the world? How did you find yourself in New Zealand? My girlfriend had a job uh, opportunity. It hasn't been always easy. I think it uh, asks a lot of energy and a lot of time to feel well somewhere. You've been yourself uh, outside New Zealand for a long time, so I think that uh, you know what it is. So, yeah, I am. Almost seven years later, still here, so there's probably some things really cool in New Zealand that make us stay. (laughs) And John, I got to know about John because he produces another podcast for someone I met the wonderful Herveline, but tell us a bit about that podcast and, and what you do for Herveline. I'm kind of doing almost the same thing as for you. Actually, uh, I started to work for you because I was working for Herveline and as you said, you, you met each other and uh, she talked to you about me. Yeah, she sold, she said, I've got this guy, he's French, he's a music producer, but he dabbles in podcasts. That was how she sold and he and he's a... Uh, He's a hired gun. You should talk to him. (laughs) And uh, yeah, we met each other. We started to work together for almost two years or two two years and something. And her podcast, this is my understanding of it. And unfortunately, because I don't speak French, I can't listen to it. But (laughs) she interviews psychotherapists, people who who are working in talking therapies. Yeah. And she talks to them about their motivations for becoming a psychotherapist, for the reason why, and typically the reason why they became a therapist or a, or a psychotherapist is because they had some sort of trauma in their life. So that she explores the difficult start or the difficult experiences they've had. Yeah. Uh, in a way, there's kind of a connection between your podcast and uh, ours because um, all these people, like in your podcast, just want to make the world a better place, I think. And uh, as you said, uh, all these people are kind of a bad experience in, in their life and they open themselves to something new and discover some new way of taking care of themselves and people around them. And um, that's probably why uh, I'm still working for both of you, actually, because uh, I kind of like the this thing that all these people want to to make the world a better place. Uh-huh. And all these people uh, found their purpose. We've got together a lot of meetings, not all the time to talk about work, actually. <laughs> and uh, I've, I think it's at the crux of our conversation, the purpose in our life, the purpose of people we can meet. We were talking about the fact uh, that after a certain age, people are thinking about that. You proved by interviewing some people, uh, and you were talking about Lucas Pachet, who found his purpose uh, at a really young age. And I think that if this podcast can help people to as well find their own purpose in their life, that's something we have to do to help them, probably. Absolutely. And then just in terms of the practicalities of editing a podcast, so <laughs> our episodes are somewhere around the sort of 45-minute mark often, mm-hmm. up to an hour, depending if I uh, talk too much. But that takes you about three hours' work. Uh, and yes. I'm just sitting, we're sitting in John's studio recording this, and he's given me a bit of a demo on how he, the process he uses. And I, he lost me after about 30 seconds. And uh, <laughs> I just, he's got four screens, mics everywhere, and he has things flying and off one screen onto another. It's totally confusing, but 
yeah, each episode, because you're quite a perfectionist, eh? tell us about the process. I, I don't know if I'm a perfectionist, but I always try to do my best. The The thing is, I'm, I'm a self-taught, so um, I'm kind of discovering a new way of doing things uh, every day. I try to have a kind of a consistency in my work, but it's not always easy, and a big part of... Uh, all of this is as well how the people uh, record their their own part, I, I would say. And uh, that's true most of the time with the distance between people. Sometimes we've got uh, really big surprises, <laughs> I would say. But um, I think we, we do a pretty good job globally. Uh, all the episodes uh, are listenable. I can say that. Yeah, because it's super challenging, eh? Because you don't. Yeah, sometimes you yeah. can control your environment. So we record my voice on one track, and then the guest joins us from often the other side of the world, or from Australia, or from the USA. And you can't necessarily control their environment or mm. their input. So John does a wonderful job of of pulling it all together, which is magnificent. And the reason I've got to episode 165 is because of John's support of the podcast. So uh, I definitely want to call out you, mate, for making it happen. And it's got to that point, if my motivation wanes, John's there to uh, keep things going, which is wonderful. We're going to pause for a minute and John's going to ask me, he's going to interview me. We're going to turn the tables on me and the interviewer is going to become the interviewed. So I'm all yours, John. Yeah. Uh, play, Go easy on me though, won't you? Yeah, I'm going to try to do my best. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of trapped me because uh, I wasn't supposed to reply some questions. <laughs> no, I left, that's a bit of a surprise when I, when I popped around to John's studio. So, first question. Question that uh, you wrote, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if truth be told. But no, maybe we'll, uh, we'll uh, take off that. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you start Purposely Podcast? So, I just left the UK and I found myself in New Zealand and I'd, I'd thrown in my, my job and um, I'd travelled to in my home, my native New Zealand, and I was on gardening leave. COVID had hit and I'd been listening to a whole bunch of podcasts. And I started purposely for two reasons, I think. The first one was because I wanted to stay connected to my UK life, which was working for a funder, supporting lots of amazing causes. I'd met so many people that had been founders of charities. Like I think of a woman who, British woman, who had started an Afghan charity, supporting people in Afghanistan, particularly women. I'd met people who had started sport-related charities who were using the, the sort of tool of sport or participation in sport to, to change the, the lives of young people. Like all these phenomenal people that I suddenly couldn't have coffee with or didn't, you know, <laughs> like no longer had a relationship with. And so starting the podcast, was, I thought, was a really good way of staying connected to my old world and my new life down under. And I think the other reason is I'd been listening to a whole bunch of, um, during COVID, you know, like we're all kind of stuck at home or we could, all we could do is go for walks. So listen to entrepreneurial podcasts where people were sort of shining a light on founder stories people who are motivated by money though people who wanted to you know smash it commercially make a whole lot, whole lot of money and actually i thought no one or there's a lack of focus on people who are driven by purpose hence purposely and there wasn't much amplification of the stories of people who were starting social enterprises or charities who are motivated by 
you know, making the world a better place. So that's kind of the origins of it. And then I think the the kind of third reason is that my mum is a psychotherapist and I've always, I guess, got it from her that I've always had a real curiosity about the why people do things and a real curiosity around the stories that drive people. You know, like, why do people do what they do? Why are they driven to do awesome stuff in this world? And I just, you know, being a raging extrovert, I get my energy from other people. So why not formalize a sort of hour-long interview per week where I get a chance to really shine light and be curious about someone else's story? Those are the probably the three main reasons. Interesting, though, because I, I had a friend who knew I was starting the podcast, and uh, he didn't tell me at the time, but he thought to himself, Mark will be a terrible interviewer. He will not be able to, he'll talk over them. He'll talk too much. This is what he was thinking. I, he wanted the discipline to be a good interviewer. And looking back, I didn't talk over people. I didn't talk too much, but my the first few episodes of Purposely weren't great, let's be honest. And I had a chance to listen to them the other day, which was pretty brutal. And I think I sounded like I was slightly stuck in in the headlights. Like I was, you know, like you could tell I had five questions lined up and I was waiting for the person to stop. And I was asking question number two, question number three, instead of actually engaging in a relaxed conversation and responding to what they were saying to me in the moment. So the reasons I started still remain to this day. I think the bit that has evolved for me is, and I've kind of, at the start of the podcast, I had sort of grand aspirations of, you know, catching fire and going viral and I'd get this amazing, I'd get this famous guest on and everyone would want to listen, you know, and, and it would really catch fire. But actually, for me, it's really about giving a voice to people who are doing difficult roles, challenging roles, and people who can be inspired by their stories, but people can also learn from their experience as well. And it's not about going viral. It's about helping people in the sector or who are curious about joining the sort of for-purpose world and who will want to get more purpose in their lives or they want to make a difference to people and planet and they can get inspiration from the guests that I have on. And I think that's just drives it. So whenever I'm flagging a bit in terms of like, because it's you know it's quite a process. I've got a, I've got a day job as well, so I'm doing this in lunch times and and, and evenings. So whenever I'm, my motivation might be flagging in terms of the the sort of the the business of it, the why I do it, and the the joy I get out of hear and being inspired by and, and hearing from and you know listening to the guests that I have keeps it going basically. So I think. That's a long answer to a short question. But. <laughs> that's what I'm uh, just going to repeat some, um, something. You, you said that, in a way, that's something I didn't know, but you started that a bit because of the COVID. And like, actually, uh, in a lot of my work, most of people, a, a lot of uh, happens uh, at this time, and a lot of people just realize that something was wrong in their life or something was. Do you think that's... Uh, when the whole world was on, on pause, in a way, people had the time to think about life with a big L and said, oh, something is wrong and we need to do something else or we need to to find a way to to, to change the world in, in a way. And do, do you think that people became more sensitive because they, you, you know, when you, you're on your routine and you're doing your job, most of the time people hate their job, let's be honest. 
majority of people hate their life, basically. And I have this feeling that these obvious things that was put front of us like that just was a counterbalance by the fact that people start, started to think, actually, in a way. I think you're right. I think it forced people to reflect on their, what you know, like if time is valuable and how you use your time, is that the most valuable thing we have is time, right? Because mm. we have a limited amount of time. And I, I suspect that um, whether it's COVID or other, another sort of like disruptive force makes people reflect like really closely mm. on what they're doing. You said that um, first episode was uh, terrible. Well, actually, the, <laughs> the, the first, I, there's two episodes which never made it to air. So the first two people who are founders of awesome charities who remain nameless, people I knew really well, people that I would call friends, I would say. I, I called them up, we interviewed, and the first two episodes, both of them got cold feet for, for different reasons. So one of them is shy. He doesn't like being front of center. He likes to defer to others. And he just didn't feel comfortable about putting it out there into the open. So that's cool. That's fine. My uh, guests need to be comfortable about it going out to the, into the wider world. And then the second one, you know, just for other reasons around sensitivity around people, management stuff, didn't want to do it either. So here I was two episodes in and I hadn't <laughs> had no episodes to record and I was doing it in a garage. Like I, and I was just me and Zoom and it had pretty ropey equipment and it sounded pretty awful as well. But then I got a bit of a momentum up, recorded a few episodes. But I think with anything, if you do it enough and you just start and you start doing it, you get better at it. And you re and by listening back, I mean, I don't know if you do this, John, but listening back, you're your harshest critic. Mm. So you listen back and you're like, I found that really hard at first. And I would share some of the episodes with people I knew well. And I could tell in their feedback that they were like, oh, very nice little hobby, hobby mark, but um, I won't be listening. <laughs> and I kind of I kind of knew that but the biggest or harshest critic was myself but I think you know 165 episodes on you know I'm just more comfortable and I've I it's freestyle a bit and I don't get those panic moments and I can listen more to the person I'm interviewing so it's less about asking questions and it's more about a kind of relaxed conversation and drawing up the very best of the person but as it's probably more around doing it often and a lot my comfort level goes up. I mean, the biggest thing about podcasts, from what I can tell, a lot of people start them, but not many people keep going and maintain and just keep have the patience or the, you know, just the keep on keeping on. That's um, a lot of work. Exactly. A lot of time. And uh, we've been talking about that uh, mm. quite often together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's something. Getting the guests. Yeah. It's um, recording the interview. I create a blog. I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Like if I had to do, I tried to um, download some software and I tried to become an amateur editor or a producer. <laughs> and that was really challenging. Big respect for what you do and how you do it. Because I, I wouldn't be able to do the, you know, provide the quality that you do. But that was a step too far from me. So a big reason of why Purposes continued and has reached the numbers that's reached is because I've had you, your support, which, is, which has been amazing. And a lot of people won't realize that John has been consistently and given lots of free hours of his own time, which I really appreciate and will be forever grateful for. So, yeah.
So from the beginning to episode 165, 66, I think. Possibly 166, yeah, coming up. Did you learn something about you? I'm, I'm going to rewrite a bit your question, you know, <laughs> because you need to know that he, he wrote some questions. But uh, <laughs> I'm kind of improvising right now. <laughs> like it. <laughs> Did you, because the real question was, uh, how is it going so far? But my question is, did you discover something about yourself, about, I don't know, the way you are seeing the world, people? I've learned a lot. Like, you know, if you, it's kind of like field research. Because I've tried diff lots of different topics. So I've gone sort of business for good, where, you know, business is set up to make a profit, but it's also to do, to, to do good in the world. So I've kind of learned from those people. I've learned new areas and topics, like phenomenal amounts of like learning opportunities on these weekly podcasts, because, you know, from how to, how to maximize the impact of your time or like how to run teams or lead people, like I'm, I'm always learning practical stuff, life hacks, but I'm also learning around strategy, what's important in life. Like you talk to people who have been through tough times, you know, they've, they might have been challenged by, by illness or cancer or the loss of or, you know, grief, losing someone in their lives. And all of those conversations I've had, I think I just soak up. And so it gives me perspective, but I've also learned a shed load as well. Like I feel like uh, it's been an MBA in life and purpose. Uh, and I've know it's when you sometimes in life, you know, you, you focus on your, your job, your mission, your family, your friends, your time just chilling out. But you often don't open your eyes to other experiences or things that are going on in the world. So the podcast is really good for that. And it's just, it's been good from a network perspective. Like people underestimate it's really good outreach. Like I can contact almost anyone in the world relates to the topic that I've run a podcast on, and they typically will say yes to coming on the podcast. They might ghost, a few people ghost to me completely, which is absolutely fine, but typically, it doesn't matter what level people are, whether they're you know running a hundred billion dollar or billion pound foundation or a small enterprise, people are really generous with their time. They're really willing to come on and talk about their mission, their life, and, they, you know, there's a sort of purposeful exchange between me and the guests. Typically, I'll always arrange a kind of pre-podcast conversation just to get to know each other a bit and sort of sound each other out. And, and I think trust is a big thing. They've got to trust that you're not going to, you know, set them up for failure. And making that really clear is that you're invested in them telling the best side of them or the best side of their organization. But it, we really develop like this sort of it becomes a friendship. Like I'm, I'm friends with most of my guests on my podcast and, and remain in contact with them. And so in that way, it's, it's a real gift. Like I have this huge network of people that I can draw on all over the world because we've had this purposeful exchange of, of value and I've helped in some ways amplify their mission so they can deliver more of it, raise more. And actually what people don't realize is podcast episodes, they sit around for a long time. And so, you know, someone might be doing some due diligence on an organization or they want to find, they're making an approach to someone, they want to find out more about them. A really good source of information is just listen to a podcast they've been on. So you really get to know the human being. For me, it was the podcast typically focuses on the organization that the person has set up, run, or led. 
but it always goes back to the individual and a bit about the reasons why or the motivations they had as an individual, as a person, about why they do what they do. And that has been fascinating. And I've realized there's some themes that there's some themes have developed from that. A lot of my guests are kind of really focused on social justice. They're driven by social justice and they want to do something to progress social justice. Some people, the reason why they run the organization they run, why they work in the four purpose area is less frontal lobe. They have they, they they're not really conscious of why. They just have this drive that maybe they built on from their childhood. So there are, they could be quite typically they're brought up in a faith family, like faith-based family, and they've had that kind of narrative running around the household. And so that's affected what they want to do with their lives and how they do their professional life as well as their personal life. But I, I'm really fascinated by the why people work in the sector. And that's the bit I want to bring to guests of Purposely. So organizational mission, how they impact on people's lives, the organization, and then how that connects to the human being that I'm talking to in the podcast. Mm. Was well, a new question? <laughs> I'm going to try to trap you in a way. Oh, I like it. <laughs> Is there a moment to pop up in your mind that you, you felt really uncomfortable by interviewing someone, maybe someone who had kind of... Uh, Prisons or some, yes. I, yeah, I can answer that question. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so for regular listeners who hear my introductions might think that Mark is um, least comfortable when he's having to do a monologue or present. So I find <laughs> the conversations a lot easier. Where I've, if I'm completely honest, some of my guests I've been a bit starstruck by. So I've been going into the interview, I've been a little bit more nervous than usual. And that possibly is because I'm a bit of a fanboy. So, you know, the organization they run, I may have thought about a lot over the years, or it might be quite large and quite impressive. Other people where I'm uncomfortable is it might be slightly out of my subject area. Mm -hmm. So when I'm talking to really smart academic people who, you know, like me, they might be medics or something, and you, and you going into the interview, you know you're struggling a little bit. Uh, anyway, in terms of understanding their universe, their world, their topic, their, you know, and actually I'm halfway through the interview and I'm thinking... I'm, I'm going to be honest uh, with you, Mark. It's sometimes as a French speaker, it's really hard for me to understand. <laughs> <laughs> I globally understand everything. I'm able to edit uh, the podcast. I don't think you really send absolutely everything. So if there was something really weird, you, I hope you... Would have told me, yeah. <laughs> but sometimes yeah, it's uh, it's kind of technical, huh? <laughs> and I'm, you know, I've, I um, I've got you know, like it's, I'm not built for podcasting. Like it's, you know, I've got a relatively nasally voice, and oh, let me, I'll just get two yeah. seconds. I'll just get this. You can get rid of the nasally voice thing. <laughs> Where are we? I can say that. Where were we? Free range. Ask me whatever you want. <laughs> I hope uh, my English is good enough. Mm. Oh, it's not too bad. It'll be fine, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the choice. All good. <laughs> you were saying about uh, the fact you're not always comfortable uh, with monologue. Yeah, monologue I, I find challenging and I don't particularly like, but I've got better at that. Like, I've definitely improved on the monologues or the introductions. I record those separately because I uh, have a few goes at it. But yeah, I think 
sometimes I'm starstruck a little bit, a little bit more nervous than normal, but I usually relax into it. And the, the more I do it, the, the more comfortable I, I am. And then sometimes when the, the subject matter is a bit outside my comfort zone, like I've had a few, you know, sort of doctors on and, um, you know, it's complicated stuff and you don't feel like this is a nagging thing in the back of my mind. Like, I'm not sure as an interviewer, I'm doing justice to their subject matter, but that's sort of, maybe that's more of my own issue. Okay. Have your reason for doing the podcast uh, change uh, over the, the years? I think, like I talk about the sort of reason for doing the podcast or the, the why is amplifying the voices of social entrepreneurs, founders and charity leaders. Like that's been the sort of strap line that's, that's driven it. And recently I've started to reflect on the why, like why amplify those voices. And I think it's, I'm starting to learn from the, from my guests and also the conversations I have with people in the charity and for purpose sector is amplifying those voices is awesome for the following reasons. Number one, those are lonely roles. Like leading a nonprofit organization is a lonely role. And it's lonely because you have a real scarcity of resources. So, you know, you, you've got to worry about funding, ever present concern. Funders will only fund a percentage of a project, like really challenging. You've got inflation, which is really challenging for nonprofit leaders at the moment, whereby keeping staff, matching their salary expectations as cost of living goes up is challenging. In terms of the multitude of challenges that nonprofit leaders have to deal with, you know, you've got to ensure that your enterprise, your work is having a positive impact on people's lives and people are unpredictable. And that's just really challenging. And you've got to do it, as I said, in, in a backdrop of not having much resource to do it. So the amplifying the change makers' stories, like leaders and CEOs of nonprofits, is because I want to inspire them to keep going. I want to, people who are curious and do it, do it well, and they can learn from the people that come on, on the podcast. But then also people who are curious about the sector and who might be sitting in the corporate world they might have a day job that they don't love and they want to focus on more on purpose and they might be curious so they can dive into the 165 episodes and you know be inspired by those people and actually connect with the stories and maybe make that move themselves so my focus is to help people who are doing it and people who are curious about doing it and that's probably the main driver now and it feels like it's a strong motivation for me to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. It's not finished. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know. I need, absolutely need to, <laughs> to ask you this question. Who is not uh, written not, as Not well. scripted. Uh, not scripted. Next five years. The question you ask absolutely everyone. <laughs> I need to ask you this yeah, question. You. Yeah, so I envisage keeping on, keeping on with the podcast. I would love for a community kind of to grow around it. And, you know, like so much is changing in terms of learning. Like, I think COVID has, has been part of the reason why things change in terms of how people learn and how people digest information to do whatever they want to do well. Because I think so much of it is learning from other people who, our peers, people who are doing the same thing. And so I love to build, you know, a network or a community around purposely so people can help others to deliver a positive impact on society and on, on the environment 
So that, what, however that looks like, and I haven't really nailed down exactly what that looks like, but to build out a community. So, you know, all those guests, those 165 guests are purposely, and all those listeners could learn from each other, inspire each other, connect with each other, all with the same motivation of a better planet and a better environment. Thank you, Mark. And uh, for all of that, uh, we started to talk about new content, I think. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> new content, yeah. We, new content, new surprises for 2024. Exactly. And I think you and I are kind of committed to a little bit more in-person interviewing. So we, you know, a lot of our guests, it's done via Riverside, which is this platform we use, and, and it's a video conversation late at night or early in the morning or <laughs> the latest one I've done is sort of two in the morning, which is interesting. Uh, but not not to be advised. It's interesting the the, the right word. Uh, what? Uh, yeah. What uh, your wife did think about that? <laughs> I, I, I definitely have to thank my wife for her. Um, she's a podcast widow, and she's hugely understanding. And you know, like when I started, I I had I've done episodes in each of my children's bedrooms. I didn't have it. I'm got a dedicated studio. I have even done them in the car, so I had to back the car up to be close to the Wi-Fi signal, and. I couldn't use any of the bedrooms. I couldn't trust my children not to come out and you know make toast at two in the morning or one in the morning. So I backed the car up the driveway, got the recording equipment out, had my laptop in there and recorded episodes. And actually the sound was quite good in the car. Like that kind of, <laughs> that kind of worked. But yeah, I think for, for 2024 is some better studio environment. We're working on it. We're working, We're working on, on that, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like just to keep on keeping on maybe do more in-person interviews, as I said, but keep bringing these incredible people that I have already focused on or interviewed on purposely uh, and keep inspiring others. Beautiful. Merry Christmas. Cheers, John. Merry Christmas. You too. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Thank you for listening to Purposely Podcast. We hope you join us in 2024. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs>